Just in time for the clouds to part. Look at you. You brought the blue sky in this morning. If I had a dime for every time I did that, John. You'd have a dime. I have exactly one dime, yeah. <laughs> you want to uh, give us a call this morning? We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to get hold of Lior. Uh, anytime is 1-855-821-5900. Your employment concerns and Lior at employmenthour.com. We always start our week with the week that was. We do start the show always uh, that way and welcome all our listeners. Happy to be back here talking about employment law, workplace rights. Now's the time to give us a call. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to answering as many questions as possible. Uh, in terms of the week there was, let me tell you a couple of scenarios, John. The mm-hmm. first one comes again from our Ottawa office. You know, we have uh, yes. two main offices, one in Toronto that serves uh, Toronto, GTA, and surrounding areas, as well as an Ottawa office. Very, very busy there. And this matter comes out of Ottawa. This person had called me. Uh, he had worked at a car dealership for some two years. It was a mechanic there. Uh, and everything was fine, except a few months ago, he noticed that uh, the, uh, how should I say this, the employer was cheating a bit on their invoices. So when he was uh, uh, fixing a car, the, the car dealership was charging the customer more than they were supposed to. Shocking how that happens. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't know how common that is, but certainly it's obviously something they're not supposed to do. So he was very upset about that. And he felt, you know, they're cheating their customers and it was wrong. So he brought that up to them and they said, essentially, mind your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he continued working for a while. Again, talked to them. Same answer, mind your own business. Eventually he said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm cheating people. That's wrong. And he quit and he wow. walked away. Uh, you know, a mechanic with morals. I'm going to have guy. him fix my vehicles yeah, from right. now on. Uh, in any event, so he was very upset about that, and it took him uh, quite a while to find another job, a few months, uh, and uh, ultimately called me because he heard our show in, uh, in Ottawa. And uh, what I told him is, listen, ultimately, if they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, and, and you know, as a result, you resign. So there was, you resign effectively as a result of their misconduct, their improper way of doing business. That's perfectly reasonable for you to do. That, that is actually a constructive dismissal. Uh, objectively, you're cheating your customers by continuing to work there. So there's no obligation on you to continue doing that. So you're correct to resign. That is a constructive dismissal, which in the eyes of the law is the same as a termination. So guess what? You're actually entitled to severance. So we resolved this matter this week. He got four months of severance. And the, one of the reasons actually this was quite easy to resolve, because guess what? Once I've appro- I approached the company and said, listen, you better pay up, you, you really think they wanted to fight and bring to light mm-hmm. the fact that they're cheating their, their customers? Obviously not. They were very eager, eager to resolve this matter. Uh, I wish I could give you the name of the dealership now so, you, so people yeah, right. don't take their cars there. I'm not going to do that. But ultimately, if you resign as a result of the employer doing something illegal, improper, something that compromises you, that is not, in the eyes of the law, an actual resignation. That is a constructive dismissal. You're entitled to severance as if the employer terminated your employment. See, that one's really interesting because it's not, it's not a direct thing against the actual mechanic. They weren't cheating him of his pay. or no. taking, it, it, it was He's doing the work, but it was indirectly affecting, which is bizarre, it was. but it still works out. It, absolutely, because ultimately what he, what he was part of a scheme that was unethical, maybe even right. illegal, uh, and, and he wasn't comfortable with that, and I wouldn't be either. Uh, and so he absolutely was a constructive dismissal. Wow. Now, let me tell you about another situation. I got a call from an individual. Let me, let, let's call him uh, uh, guy number one. And guy number one called me, and uh, he was let go, and I reviewed his uh, offer quickly, and I said, yes, you're entitled to a few more months' compensation. He retained me to help him do that. 
He then referred a colleague of his, guy number two, that was okay. also let go from the same company, very similar situation. So I spoke with guy number two, and guy number two was very, very hesitant and skeptical. He said, well, I'm having a hard time understanding. You're telling me that they owe me another few months compensation. Why wouldn't they just pay it? And I called the Ministry of Labor. They told me oh. that their offer is fine. So I spoke with them three times, and and at the end of it, he decided, you know what, Lior, I'm just not, not comfortable. I'm not getting this. I, I'm going to accept the offer given to me. Uh, you know, very unfortunate. Uh, fast forward three weeks, and we resolved the case for guy number one. We got him another five months of compensation. Very easy with some letters in, on great terms with the company. Uh, and uh, guy number two then comes to me after he finds that out and says, well, can you help me now? Except, guess what? Snooze, you lose, son. Yeah, you snooze, you, you lose. And in this case, because he signed the severance offer, there's yeah. nothing that I can do for him. And he's a good guy and he's a bright guy. But, but he, was, he fell uh, victim to some of these misconceptions and lack of information that's available online and through the Ministry of Labor. And he was having a hard time understanding that I'm telling him he's owed more. And that is, in fact, true. So really, the reason I'm telling you this story is don't be in that situation. If I tell you you're owed more, more severance or you use a severance pay calculator and you find out you're owed more severance, that is a fact. You, you kind of do this for a living. I you know, know what, what you're I'm, talking about. Just a bit, yeah. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you got a severance package in front of you, possibly thinking it might be coming down the pike. Give us a call. Lior will answer all your questions. You can email as well, Lior at employmenthour.com and 1-855-821-5900. More of the Employment Hour coming up. We just got started on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. One thirteen. you want to give us an email at leordemploymenthour.com. You can call us on the air up until uh, 2 o'clock today. We'd love that. And as always, one 855 is Lior's number. I want to get into the uh, the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. We'll do yeah. a countdown. We'll do a countdown. Some of these are pretty good. Some of them, they're all good, John. Yeah. Come on. Let me I only come this, up with good stuff. Let me throw this one by you first. Sure. Uh, employee asks about uh, disability leave or comes back from a disability leave. That's good timing. Yeah, that's it's the best timing, isn't it? No. Uh, and obviously, what we're going to go through right now, John, is uh, some situations where uh, for an employer, it, it's just bad timing in the sense that it's going to either cost them more to terminate the employee or it's going to create other types of liability under human rights legislations right. or employment standards legislation. Uh, and, and this list is not necessarily exhaustive, but it's some of the main times. So as, as you were just saying, if someone asks about a disability, uh, disability leave or comes back from a leave, and why is that an issue? Well, the reason why that's an issue is that it, it, if the timing coincides with that leave, it makes it look like the employer is terminating their employment because of the leave. And that is illegal. That is a violation of the Human Rights Code. An employer cannot let an employee go because they have a, a disability uh, or because they intend to take a disability leave or they just came back from disability. So, uh, you know, I understand from an employer standpoint, it's always frustrating not to have an employee there if an employee has, is away for an extended period of time. But the, our laws are very clear. You cannot terminate an employee if they're disabled. The other problem is uh, if, if they have a medical condition, if they are disabled, it's going to take them presumably longer time to find another job once you let them go, which means you, the employer, may be on the hook for even more severance. Right. So my advice always for employers is do what you need to do to run your business uh, when the employee, while the employee is on leave. Maybe hire someone temporary or even someone permanent for a while. Uh, but ultimately, you have to try to do your best to take the employee back, only if it's completely and utterly impossible to take them back 
uh, then can you consider a termination of employment? Be very, very, very careful with disability leaves. Let's leave it at that. How about this one? Uh, this is this is a charming one as well. You know, an employee announces a pregnancy or comes back from maternity leave. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, your baby's and, and, so cute, and you're out. And you know what? I mean, <laughs> I, I'm talking about this now, and I'm I'm sure most of our uh, listeners are saying, why, why is he even talking about this? This is obvious. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't terminate someone when they go on leave or they come back from um, a maternity leave. But you'd be shocked how many times this happens. Honestly, not a week goes by where I don't speak to one, two or three people uh, where uh, the employer terminated them while they're on leave or as soon as they came back. And that, again, that is illegal. That is a violation of the Employment Standards Act. It's a violation of the Human Rights Code. It's illegal. And it, it creates a lot of exposure for employers. An employer is required to give an employee on a mat leave uh, up to one year protected leave in a sense that for one year they have a right for their job back. The same job with the same compensation as they had before. It's an extreme situation where an employer can uh, not do that. Really, if the employer can show that the business went through such an extreme change that that job in, in no way is available, mm-hmm. it doesn't work if there's someone else doing that job. The other thing an employer should not do is an employer should not let a, a, an employee go if they're on mat leave in advance of the end of their mat leave. So if I'm going to be off on mat leave for a year and you let me go three months into it saying that I'm not going to have a job for you nine months from now, well, that's a problem because you don't know what's going to happen in nine months. You may have right. a job for me at that point. So you've really, by definition, have violated my rights under the Employment Standards Act, under the Human Rights Code. So really a very, very bad time. You can almost never get away with terminating someone uh, on mat leave or when they came back or go on mat leave. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You'll want to give us a call talking about the worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Uh, we'll get into this one as well. How about an employee say raises harassment allegations against either a boss or a coworker? Yeah, and, you know, uh, this is this the issue of harassment and, uh, you know, uh, workplace uh, conflict has come to the fore in recent years. Our government here in Ontario has uh, created legislation to try to protect employees from uh, being victims of workplace harassment. Uh, And because an employer now has a proactive obligation to protect employees from harassment, well, what happens if I raise a harassment allegation, I file a harassment complaint about a coworker and a boss, and then I get let go? Well, it makes it look like I'm being let go because I filed that complaint. So that flies in the face of the employer's obligation to protect me. Effectively, it looks like I'm penalized. We refer to that as a reprisal. That's something that the law punishes. If there's a reprisal and then as a result of me trying to enforce my rights, I get fired, not only am I going to get the usual severance that I always would be entitled to have, I'm going to also be entitled to uh, other damages. So if a harassment harassment complaint is raised, the employer's obligation is to take it seriously, to investigate, to interview the person and potentially everyone else that's involved and impose whatever measures are necessary to protect the employee if, in fact, it's determined that the employee was, was a victim of harassment. But that may also mean uh, taking uh, disciplinary measures against the one that was the, the, the guilty one. Uh, but you can't ignore it, and you certainly cannot and should not fire someone because it's the easy way to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it, John, so I'm just going to let you go. I'm going to give you the boot. Terrible idea. And you may have been able to get away with that some years ago, but in the last few years, uh, our our courts, our legal system has really cracked down on these uh, uh, situations. Take a quick break. I got a good one uh, when we come back from the break. I'm sure you see this one every week as well. You want to talk to us here? We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on seller smartphone. And Lior's private number is 1-855-821-5900. More of the Employment Hour coming up on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.
122 on an amazing, beautiful Sunday, and we're talking about employment law, and we're talking about uh, the worst things uh, an employer can do, terminate uh, employment and wrong times to do it when they shouldn't be doing it. First of all, we'll go to the phones, as we always like to do. I have Alan. Hello, Alan. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. Okay, go oh, ahead. I got a question. Um, my wife was a manager of a uh, gas station, and uh, she was robbed early in the morning. She was the only employee there. Since then, she has not worked. She's been out on PTSD. Yep. And uh, now that was back in 2012, right? And uh, we just received a letter from their, her employer saying she's being terminated. While is can she be terminated while she is on workman's comp? Uh, excellent question, Alan. And uh, the short answer is yes, uh, but only for if she's not being let go because she's on disability, but there's another exception to, to that, and that is uh, in some situations, if she's been off for a long time, and in this case, obviously, it's been two, almost maybe almost three years, and if there's no prognosis for her to come back to work, her employer may say this is a frustration of contract, uh, which means they can let her go and pay her only her minimum amount of severance. Now, so I, I think she meets the first category of that in, in the sense that she's been off for a long time, but is there a prognosis for her to be able to come back to work anytime soon? No. So it's not like she'll, she'll be going back to work? Right. And how long has she been there total? Uh, we believe uh, like it started around May of 2002. So uh, maybe 12, 13 years. Uh, and I, I take it that the, the gas station is owned individually. It's not part of a larger conglomerate? Right. Okay. So she'd be owed eight weeks pay, all right? Because this is what we call a frustration of contract, because she can't go back to work. She's been off for a while, a long time. She would be owed eight weeks. And if the, the company paid her those eight weeks, they would have met their legal obligations. Have they uh, paid her that? They say, they say six here. No, it would be eight. If she's been there for uh, those 12 years, that it's eight weeks, uh, and uh, I'm happy to help you get that, but un- unfortunately, because uh, because of her lengthy absence, you wouldn't be able to get her full seven, which would probably would be about a year's pay. In this case, you'd be limited to eight weeks. So if you want to talk about getting the eight weeks, happy to help you. Give me a call at the office, but in this situation, it's, it's all that your wife would be owed. Okay, this letter also says it has to be uh, signed and returned to them by March the 20th. Is that reasonable? No, that's that? nonsense because they, they have to pay her that without her, the eight weeks, I mean, without her having to do absolutely anything. <laughs> so that's complete BS. Uh, so give me a call and uh, we, we can deal with that. Alan, that number again is uh, 1-855-821-5900. 821 Worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Uh, we're counting down right before an employee is due for a large bonus or commission check. Nice right. timing. Nice timing, isn't it? And yeah. then, you know, you, you're kind of, you know, joking about it, but it's actually something that happens very, very often uh, when an employee is let go uh, and then they, within a few weeks or even a couple of months or so, they would have received a, a payment. Usually it's a bonus. So a classic example is, you know, a bonus is usually calculated on the basis of a year. So let's say uh, Jan 1 to December the 31st. Mm-hmm. And usually the bonus may be paid, I don't know, in February or March because it takes a while for the employer to, to run the numbers. So let's say the bonus usually is paid in March and I'm let go in February. And the question then becomes, well, wait a second, I would have received this nice big fat bonus in, in a few weeks. So do I get that, and then what happens? Well, the answer is yes, of course you're going to get that. It's going to be very difficult for an employer to avoid paying you uh, what, they, uh, what they have to pay you because of the timing of termination. And our courts have made it very clear that an employer should not be in a better position because they, they 
try to be uh, wise and smart in terms of the date that they decided to terminate employment. It's going to be in very extreme situations where an employee signed a contract of employment that says that you have to be actively employed on the very day the bonus is paid, uh, then, then you won't get the bonus. So an employer that tries to get away with it may actually get dinged with something we call punitive damages because they're really trying to you know, put one over on the employee. So just a bad idea. And not only would that employee be entitled to the bonus, they're also entitled to their average bonus for their severance period. So if an employee is entitled to 12-month severance, just as an example, not only do they get the bonus for the previous year that they earned, they're also entitled to the bonus that they would have earned in the following 12 months. Score. So an employer really can't avoid their legal obligation unless they had an employee sign a contract waiving those obligations. Where's the cutoff, though? I mean, say the, say the bonuses are generally paid out in June and you get let go in April. End of March. I mean, that, that's still three months away. It, it, it doesn't look like the employer planned to do it, just nip it just before the bonus as opposed to a month In most out. cases, what happens in that situation, we would look at past history and then determine how much bonus you usually get. And you get a prorated bonus, okay, right. up until the date of, of, uh, of termination, as well as a bonus for the severance period. But either way, the bonus must be accounted for. And so, like I said, sometimes it's a commission. I'm a salesperson. I work at commission. That commission doesn't get paid till next month. I'm, I'm let go today. Then again, I get that commission because I would have done what I needed to do to earn that commission. Right. The fact that because of the employer's own business cycle, it's not paid till later doesn't change my entitlements. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The worst times for an employer to terminate employment. Uh, this, this one's interesting. Right after you reduce the employee compensation or get them to sign a new contract of employment. Why would they do that? Yeah. And, you know, so uh, we, we talk a lot here on the show about uh, termination of employment. And when an employer asks me, and I've talked about this on the show, well, how do we, uh, if we're the employer, how do we limit our own exposure? How do we reduce the amount of severance that we have to pay an employee? Probably the only way, or certainly the best way to do that is to have an employee sign an employment agreement that limits the amount of severance that they'd be owed. If you do that, in most cases, as long as it's properly drafted, then that's what happens. You can limit your amount of uh, severance that you owe uh, if you're the employer. But what doesn't work is to say, well, wait a second, that's a great idea, Lior, so I'm going to fire John next month. I know that. So let me have John sign an agreement today saying he's going to get less severance. So that way, in a month when I let him go, I would have saved a whack of money. Well, the reason why that doesn't work is because you would have entered into that agreement in bad faith. And if you enter into an employment agreement, really any agreement in bad faith, it's just not going to be enforceable. And again, you may be dinged with other damages because of, of this type of conduct. So very bad idea. If you're going to have someone sign an, an employment agreement, it can't be done on the basis that we already know we're going to let them go. So it's really just there to save money. The same thing is, you know, we talk about reducing compensation. Mm-hmm. So uh, an employer doesn't have a, a, a unilateral right to reduce someone's compensation significantly. But if they do and the employee accepts it, they can't say, ah, now, John, instead of paying you uh, $100,000, I'm paying you $50,000, so I'm going to let you go now. At $50,000. At $50,000. You can't do that because ultimately it it makes it seem like you've reduced the compensation just so you can save money on severance. All right? So very bad ideas. And not only would that not work as a strategy and you're still going to have to pay full severance, you're probably going to be dinged with other damages because of this bad conduct. So, So those types of games usually don't work. And, I, you know, I bet you some of our listeners right now on the employee side may say, wait a second, that, that happened to me. Uh, and, you know, if you've been in that situation, remember those things are illegal.
Hang on the line. We'll get to you. If you want to give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior's number is 1-855-821-5900. You can email Lior at employmenthour.com. Lots more of the show coming up on AM640 and AM900 CHML. 133. Give us a call at that number. You can email Lior as well, Lior at employmenthour.com. And we'll get into, uh, well, the flip side, basically hiring of new employees. First of all, we'll talk to John. Hello. Good afternoon, John. Oh, hi. Good day. I hope you can hear me. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm curious. Just a quick question. I'm here. I'm, I hear so many conflicting uh, um, times when you can get rid of an employee. And what is their severance pay if they have been with you for less than a year? And uh, if you feel that their productivity and you've had reviews has not been uh, to par or up to um, expectations, is that a reason for uh, letting a, um, uh, an employee go who's been there for seven months? John, thank you very much for your question. So let me answer that as best I can. First of all, if you're going to let someone go with severance, you can let them go pretty much for any reason, as long as it's not a discriminatory reason. So if you can't let someone go because of their uh, race or, or sex or ethnicity. But otherwise, pretty much for any reason, as long as severance is paid. The flip side of that, if you, if you need to let someone go without severance, that's what we call termination for cause. That can only happen if there's really bad misconduct or horrible performance. You've documented it. You've tried to improve it. You've tried to make it better. You've provided warnings and and nothing's working. At that point, you may be able to terminate without severance. Now, if this is a termination with severance, uh, the amount of severance you have to pay depends on the length of their employment, their age, and their position. Now, the best advice I'm going to give any employer is if you have an employee sign an employment agreement before they start, okay, uh, that limits the amount of severance. In your example, John, this seven-month employee, you could let them go with just one week's pay. Now, uh, if you don't have an employment agreement like that with them, after seven months, depending on their age and the exact job that they're doing, it could be as little as a month's pay and it could be as much as four or five months' pay. Uh, depends on on, uh, all those circumstances. So the exposure is significant there, uh, but ultimately you have to decide whether you're going to terminate for cause and and you have uh, all these ducks in a row that I've mentioned or without cause, i.e. with severance, in which case you have to assess the entitlements based on what I've described. I mean, my my issue is the following. I'm just trying to be mindful and and supportive that, you know, it just did not work out and, and, you know, and, and trying to give that person some money. I mean, there is cause for not living up, you know, to sales expectations or even meeting expectations for that matter, uh, in, in my view. Uh, but I just don't want to, um, I, I guess, let the cat out of the hat if I let that person go uh, and give him severance pay that all of a sudden it, it, it could deem me now responsible for, for up to four months like you're potentially suggesting. Yeah, and, and you know, which is why uh, the fact that he may not be a good employee and, you know, let's assume for it, take it as a fact that he didn't meet the targets, that in and of itself may not actually be cause, uh, and I say cause, I mean a situation where you can let him go without severance. Uh, you'd have to show, number one, that, that you gave him every opportunity, that you've documented, that you provided warnings. If you can show those things, you may then be able to terminate him for cause. And what I would do then is to do a letter saying, we, we can let you go for cause for the following reasons, but to be nice guys, we're going to give you a week or two weeks pay, whatever it is, if you sign this agreement. Uh, that may be a good way to go about it. But if uh, he's not a good employee, but it doesn't rise to the level of cause, and cause really is an all or nothing uh, situation, 
then you have to pay full severance. And what I would advise is why don't you go to severancepaycalculator.com, input the guy's in, uh, info, and it's going to give you an idea as to how much you would owe him uh, if you decide to terminate him with severance. So that's severancepaycalculator.com. Or you can talk to me off air. Happy to, to talk specifically about uh, this guy. 416, pardon me, 1-855-821-5900 is the, uh, is the number. So there you go. He's yeah. wondering, right? Is it cause? I think is what he what he's what yeah, he's and then you to. know, I mean, uh, he probably is very frustrated with this employee, and, and and I'm assuming for good reason. But remember, the fact that this employee may not have done a good job does not necessarily and automatically amount to cause. Remember, cause is not uh, something that is automatic if someone does something bad. Cause is really like the worst punishment. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's entitled or, or deserves other forms of discipline, a warning, maybe a suspension, maybe even some sort of a demotion. Cause is really reserved for the worst offender. Uh, and based on what he said, I'm not sure that it would necessarily rise to that level, which means if you want to let him go today or, or right away, he'd have to pay him some severance. And based on you know our discussion, he probably did not have him sign an employment agreement. Mm-hmm. So even after seven months of employment, this guy potentially could be owed you know two, three, four, five months of pay. So something uh, our, our caller, John, would have to think about. Hire new employees. Let's get into this. Now, this one's, uh, you know, how can, how can an employer, let me ask you this. How can an employer ask about in an interview uh, is what considered taboo? So, how far can you go? Yeah, and, you know, uh, and, and back in the old days, you know, when you hired someone, you, you really do whatever you want. You ask whatever you want. Uh, those days are gone, and, and the exposure on employers, again, is significant if they ask inappropriate questions or seek inappropriate information. Essentially, any information that seeks to, uh, to uh, distinguish uh, the people as amongst a prohibited ground. So any information that you try to uh, differentiate, you're trying to get to differentiate against candidates based on their age, age uh, sex, ethnicity, a marital status, pregnancy... All that is information you're not allowed to obtain as part of an interview. So you're not allowed to ask uh, if someone is planning on having children. You're not allowed to ask if someone is gay or straight. You're not allowed to ask if someone has a disability. Uh, certainly not uh, unless you, you, you make an offer to someone, let's say, on the disability front and say, okay, now you made an offer. We just want to make sure that you can do the job safely. But we're not uh, uh, discriminating against you. So very, very bad idea to ask these questions. And I've seen a lot of employers get very sophisticated to the fact, oh, hi, a new candidate. I have uh, three kids. How about you? Or are you planning on having any kids and making casual conversation? Still a very bad idea. So uh, I would stay away from those types of questions because what happens if you ask those questions, uh, and certainly as a result the person doesn't get the job, they may feel they've had their, their rights under the human rights code violated. And there's certainly a plenty of cases where someone was not uh, w- was found not to have been hired because of a prohibited ground, because the employer was afraid that they're going to get pregnant or because the employer thought that they were too old. You know, yeah, I didn't know right. how old you were when you came for the interview, and then I realized how old you were, and I decided not to hire you. Uh, and uh, so, so th- those are illegal. It's the same, it's the exact opposite, but the same rule in terms of you can't fire someone because of their age, while you can't avoid hiring someone because of their age. The problem, of course, as you can imagine, it's going to be much more difficult for the individual to prove that. Right. So if I didn't get the job, how do I prove that it wasn't because of my age? Well, one of the ways to prove that is because I was asked questions about my age 
or because I was asked questions about whether I'm going to take parental leave. So don't ask those inappropriate questions. Do you dye your beard because it's looking gray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you start John? next week, but yeah. that's a little sketchy. Yeah, Got yeah. some Kenny Rogers action going there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a short break. Get to more of your calls. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And Lior's number 1-855-821-5900, the employment hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior at employmenthour.com is... The email and one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. We'll go right to a phone call. Hello, Chris. How are you doing today? Good, pal. What's going on? Um, just a quick question. Well, a little bit of a question. I was um, let go from a firm after thirteen months. Transferred over from another firm. I was poached over, and um, they've offered me one month severance and a month, and I keep my benefits up for a month. Okay. Now, you say you were poached from another company. First of all, how long did you work for the other company for? Uh, seven years. Okay, and, and how did they come, how did they poach you? How did they find out about you? Uh, work, we work in a similar trade, in yep. a similar industry. So we, uh, we saw each other on, jo- on different job sites, walkthroughs, different meetings. And it's, is it fair to say that at the time you were not looking to leave your previous company? I wasn't, I, well, the option's always there, I guess, if someone comes to the door with the right amount of money, and they did. For so sure. But you weren't chopping your resume out necessarily? No, I never never done one. Okay. And what kind of this the job you had for 13 months? What were you doing there? What kind of a job was it? Uh BD, business development. Okay. And Manager. and how old uh, are you, Chris? 47. 47. And I think you said that well actually sorry, one more question. Tell me about about the compensation level. I'm trying to understand your level of compensation approximately. Um 1 month. Uh, they keep my benefits going for a month and 1 month's pay. No, in terms of salary, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm 150K. Got it. So, uh, and you, I think my notes here said that when you started 13 months ago, you did not sign an employment agreement? No, I did not. Okay. So there's a number of issues. First of all, let's, let's forget for just a second about the previous job that you had for seven years. If we were just looking at you as a 13-month employee in your position and your age, you'd be looking at three to four months of severance, okay? Uh, just okay. just that, if we forget about the previous job. So right there and then, your, your one-month uh, compensation is not even close to being adequate, and at your compensation level, the, the difference between one month and four is significant. That's one. Issue number two is this. If you were recruited away as you were from another company, if you were not looking to leave and they came to you with nice big checks or nice big grandiose promises about long-term secure employment with this company, only for them to let you go a year later, you're going to be entitled likely to an enhanced severance package that recognizes your service with the previous company, the seven years that you had with the previous company. So you could easily be looking at nine, 10, maybe even more uh, months of, of severance. And, and that includes all components of your compensation, salary, bonus, benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So any way you slice it, whether you're a 13-month employee or you were recruited from another job that you held for seven years, the offer that you're looking at is not adequate. And you and I need to speak off air because the good news is these types of issues should not be difficult to resolve. Okay. Okay? Sounds fantastic. So John will give you our, the contact information. Chris is probably like, what? He, probably, he hasn't ruminated on that yet. He hasn't, he's, you know, he's going to think about what you just said about yeah. this past you know, 13 years or seven years, coming, seven into years. The, coming into the fold, right? Pretty remarkable. Absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, employees, if they leave a secure job, they, sh- they do. The law provides for added security if they're recruited away. And that's exactly what happened to Chris. Guaranteed the best phone call he's going to make today. Well, yeah. I guarantee yeah, let's, it. Let's give him the number to call. Yeah, that number, Chris, one 855 821 
1-800-821-5900. We're talking about hiring new employees. So um, get back into this. When can an employee or what can an employee do if they feel that they, they were not hired for improper reasons? Yeah, and probably the, the, the only thing in that situation is to, uh, to contact uh, the Human Rights Tribunal here in Ontario. The Human Rights Tribunal has a, a duty to, to investigate and to take uh, recourse as against employers that violate uh, human rights legislation. You may be entitled to compensation in that situation. It's always about proving what you've done, or sorry, what, what, you, what, what happened to you. But an employer is going to also have to explain itself and provide some, some backup as to why it did not hire someone. Mm-hmm. So you, you'd have to file a, a complaint with the Human Rights Tribunal. We've done a number of those cases. Uh, one of my partners, George, uh, last year was successful uh, at, before the Human Rights Tribunal in pursuing a matter where the, the gentleman actually, who was, by the way, a lawyer, was not hired because of his age. And the Human Rights Tribunal agreed that at least some of the reasons this guy wasn't hired was because of his age. So what are the risks for employers and employees of working with a headhunter? Well, you know, one of the reasons that employers should be uh, weary when talking to, to headhunters is the fact that uh, you don't, actually, this is a good example we talked with Chris, you don't know necessarily what the headhunter is doing to find a candidate. So if you're uh, getting a candidate through a headhunter, maybe that headhunter went and recruited someone from another job. Maybe they've already made them promises about how great mm-hmm. this job is to convince the, this potential candidate to leave and you hire them, not necessarily knowing all that background. And then uh, when, when effectively you've inherited, arguably, their past service. So it's, it's the Chris situation. Assume that Chris was really brought to this company through a headhunter, and the company may not know that he was not looking to leave. The company may not know what promises the headhunter uh, made to them. Right. The problem with a headhunter is you don't necessarily have control over what they do. You don't necessarily know what they're saying to the candidate. So then, but the exposure then there is on the employer because the headhunter is an agent of the employer. Right. So what I tell employers is always, always make sure you know what your headhunter is saying. And in fact, when you interview someone, confirm with them, ask them, what were you told by the headhunter? Find out all the information. Mm-hmm. And if, if you find out that something the headhunter said was not right, you have an opportunity to correct it. Take a short break. You want to give us a call? We've got some time. I can't believe it. it's almost 10 to 2 already. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Again, Chris, that number, if you missed it, one 821 5900 Make sure you give Lior a call on Monday. We'll be back with more of the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 153, coming up at 2 o'clock till we, uh, till we wrap the show. We also uh, answer emails as well, Lior at employmenthour.com. Yeah, it's one of your favorite tools. Yes, and uh, I, while we were on break, I got an email from a gentleman named Henry. I'm not going to give Henry's last name. Uh, but Henry asked me an interesting situation or provided me an interesting situation. So he, he was let go in August uh, of uh, last year, in August of 14. He'd been with the company for some uh, 25 years. And he, he got a severance package. He doesn't tell me exactly what he was offered, but he okay. talked to the company and himself rather than through a lawyer and raised some issues that he had with them about the severance package. And they said, OK, we'll, we'll get back to you on those issues. And now we are obviously in March of 2015. And, you know, it's been six, seven months since then. He hasn't heard back and they're not returning his calls and not returning his emails. So he wants to know, well, how long do they have to, to deal with this? Well, first of all, you know, unfortunately, the big problem in Henry's situation is that he actually should have uh, pursued this through a lawyer. He says he he spoke with the lawyer and that the lawyer said that it met uh, the severance package met uh, government standards. 
government standards are completely and utterly irrelevant to a mm-hmm. severance package in this situation. Uh, his entitlements are based on the length of his employment, his age, and his position. Now, I don't know his age and position, but after 24, 25 years, he probably will be owed no less than 18 months compensation, potentially more to, uh, more in line uh, with 20 or 24 months of compensation. Nice. So the problem is if he's dealing with them on his own, he doesn't really have much leverage. He, they, they can give him the runaround or ignore him, and there's not much he could do about it. They, they own proper severance. His job is to make sure that he gets it. So the only way to do that is to go in there, and if, in fact, the severance is not adequate, is to have a lawyer deal with it. So I would have him give me a call. Let me find out, Henry, more about your situation. And I assure you, if we decide that it's not adequate, we can get involved and resolve this in a couple of weeks, okay? It, is it normal for an employer in that situation without using a lawyer to sit back for seven, eight months and not get back to you? Yeah, and, and, and you know, employers are busy, and, and they're, like, they're going to deal with things that they have to deal with. So it's much easier to put someone off. You know, they're no longer work here. They're not like, it's not like they have a lawyer. So we'll, we'll deal with it when we're good and ready. Uh, guess what? When I'm dealing with, mat- with matters, it goes to the top of the list for that employer to deal with. So he needs to give me a call. Let's talk off air. And let me find out, first of all, if the offer is adequate. Remember, what the government standards are are irrelevant. Those are your minimum entitlements. You're going to be owed a heck of a lot more than that. So give me a call. Let's talk about it, and I can help you. And you don't have to sit at home uh, waiting every day to get this call from the employer. Brother's got rent to pay. Let's <laughs> get right. it done. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, six, seven months. That's a for long sure. time, John. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Henry is that number. Let's talk about the. Uh, you talked about this, uh, the severance pay calculator. Loving this. Yeah, severance pay calculator. Now a hundred thousand uh, people have used it. Uh, it's it's really really a neat tool. Severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, you know, Henry. I just read his email. Well, he would go on severancepaycalculator.com, input his information, how long he's worked, his age and his position, mm-hmm. and the severance pay calculator will tell him right there and then approximately how much severance he's owed, how many weeks, how many months pay uh, he's owed by way of severance. No longer do you have to worry about, well, the government uh, minimums, or no longer do you have to worry about different misconceptions that Week are out there. Week per year, two weeks per year, all that business. All of that is wrong. So the, the, the most accurate way, other than speaking with me live, is to go to severance paycalculator.com. It's really a neat tool. Uh, and there's also an app for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Uh, really, what I've tried to do is take this information that before that you'd be paying lawyers uh, money to, to just find out what you're owed and make it accessible, make it free. Everyone has a right to know what, uh, what their severance is. It's a very, very basic thing. And it's no longer uh, something that only the employer knows and the employee hopes that the employer got it right. Most employers, unfortunately, don't get it right, either knowingly or unknowingly. So severancepaycalculator.com, check it out right now. It's a really great tool, and it's going to give you the right answers. And two things, it can give you a dollar amount, too, and it's got an employer mode. That's right. If you're an employer, and we we already had one today, uh, I I believe uh, that I think it was John who uh, had some questions about how much money he would owe an employee. So on the employer mode, not only does it tell you how much you owe, it gives you some other information that you need to know in terms of how to provide severance, in terms of the options that you have, notice versus payment versus salary continuation, lump sum. So very helpful information for those employers that don't have the the sophistication or the HR people in-house or the lawyers in-house. Uh, and, and the other thing is, of course, from the severance pay calculator, you can contact me right there. Press a the little green button if you want. You don't have to. 
Uh, but if you want, it's going to send me that information and we can talk about it then. Uh, really, really great tool. Very proud of it. Like I said, 100,000 people in a year and a half have used it. It is, eh? I think wow. that says everything. And last thing, last 30 seconds here, uh, terminationquestions.com if they can't talk yes, to you right you now. Yes, you you call me on the show or you go to terminationquestions.com to ask a question anonymously. Myself or one of my colleagues will answer online terminationquestions.com. Another great show, man. We'll wrap it for another week. Uh, outside of show hours, as I mentioned, the number is one 821 5900 L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. That's it for another week in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.